What's going on, beautiful people? This is Jovan Miller, and you're listening to the Give It Context podcast. On our previous episode, I was speaking to most of the parents, youngsters, and coaches just about the NCAA recruiting process. I'd like to move into the you've made a decision and now you're at school. So now this is going to be more targeted towards the recruit themselves, the the aspiring student athlete that the dream has come true and now you're on campus. And it's very important to understand some of the nuances of your responsibilities as you go into the student athlete life at the collegiate level. So there are three things that I will be discussing. And once again, I'll try to be between 20 to about 23 minutes. So, you know, pray for me on that. But I'll be talking about some of the situations that you'll be faced with and some of the things that you really do need to know as a student athlete um, that are in your control. But at the same time, some of the things that you can avoid um, as well. So there are three main topics that I'll be discussing over this duration of time. One would be uh, the code of conduct. The second would be drug testing or substance abuse. Or not substance abuse, act technically, but just substances in general. And then uh, improper benefits. And I'll give you some examples of that as we as we move forward with this. Hopefully I don't give away too much information on my own college college experience, but let's get into it. I think it's important to first let everybody know a little bit about me. I don't think I really got into a, a crazy amount on the first podcast, the, the first part of um, the NCAA and the the conversation that we were having on the podcast in the first one. So I'll give you a little background of who I am. Uh, I went to Syracuse University uh, from 2007 to 2011. I was a lacrosse player there. Um, I'd like to say, uh, depending on where you go sometimes, the roles can be reversed. You're technically an athlete student. And because of how much goes into the background of the, the sporting world, sometimes that can get lost in the fray that you also are supposed to be going to school as well. I studied Child and Family Studies, a.k.a. Keep the Athlete Eligible major. Yes, I said tee-hee, ha-ha, funny moment. But yes, I uh, was with the uh, Child and Family Studies, family focus. My main course of study was to study the relationship between the family dynamic and how it affects the child. Uh, I'm more than interested, obviously, in the topic itself, but... With the thinking about where I am today, I would definitely say that I'm in the perfect fields for, for what I like to do. And that is to talk to aspiring athletes, student athletes uh, for that matter, just about some of the things that go into the game and go, go into the background of the sport. So you're on campus, you're a big man, a big woman on campus now, you have that freedom you're seeing the the cute girls, the cute guys. You've established a relationship, some sort of friendship with some of your your teammates. You've met them. You have team initiation. 
you get your, you know, you go out, have your first drink, your first dance. Here are some things that have helped me, and hopefully they'll help you. Just make sure you understand, in the grand scheme of things, where your priorities are, and how important it is to make sure you uphold your part of the bargain as the student-athlete. Because you have to understand the significance of where you are in the grand scheme of the program. Here's the first thing I'll tell you. If it ever comes down to you or the university, the athletic department will always pick the university. I'll say that again. If there's ever a decision to be made between you or the university the athletic department will always choose the university. One thing will be there longer than the other, and that will be the institution itself. So you have to understand that anytime you're on somebody else's campus, they've given you an opportunity to further your athletic career. You have to know your responsibility has been heightened just because they have technically taking a risk and a chance on who you who you are and moving forward hopefully you can repay that debt obviously through your grades and through your performance on the field so the first thing we'll get into is code of conduct when you sign your letter of intent that's not just to say that I'm going to play a sport at whatever university college or university you're also adhering to the rules and regulations of the school. That's why I was telling you on the first podcast, obviously it's very wordy, but they do list all of the different things that you can and cannot do when you sign that letter to go to whatever college or university you choose to attend. The easiest way for you to get your behind off of a team is to get in trouble. I think I speak for all the coaches out there. I I coached Division II lacrosse uh, for three years. I can easily say this. With age in general, you usually don't sleep as long as you used to. But there's never a coach, especially at college, that gets a full eight hours of sleep because he's so he or she is so concerned about the well-being of their student-athletes. And that is because... You're experiencing, for the first time, true freedom. Parents, I'm really sorry to tell you this. As much freedom as you believe you give them, there is no freedom like being in college. It's the first time that an 18-year-old and so forth gets to make decisions for themselves, whether they be good or bad decisions. Obviously, everybody's different, and sometimes... There is a a level of trust that has to be afforded for not only the student-athlete, but the coach to give that responsibility and give that trust to that student-athlete. Code of conduct is pretty much based into, I would say, two categories. One is getting arrested, okay? And two would be definitely have to be the conduct de- conduct conduct 
uh, detrimental to the university, not just, you know, just not to your team, but to the university. That's getting in trouble. That's uh, DUIs. That's smoking. Uh, we'll get into that later, but that's, you know, being underage, not having, uh, obviously you have uh, a few circumstances, especially now with marijuana being uh, in some states being legal. There's a, that's a whole nother hurdle we'll get into maybe on another day, but Getting arrested is the easiest way to get your behind off of a team. I think what needs to be understood about that is a lot of coaches, you want low-risk, high-reward players. Usually, players who are incredibly talented, it is unfortunate, they're usually given a longer leash to get in trouble compared to some of the other uh, players on the team. It's unfair. I get it. There's an analogy I heard one day, and it's very accurate and very true. A coach once said uh, said to me, he said, he said, no, excuse me, not said to me, but said to a team. He said, fellas, I love y'all. He says, I'm going to respect all of you. He said, but I'm not going to treat, he goes, I'm going to coach you differently. I'm going to treat you all the same, but I'm going to coach you differently. Not every kid has the same triggers and everything like that. So you also have to keep that in uh, keep that in the back of your mind when you're on campus. Depending on how egregious the action is, that code of conduct, it can go a one and done deal. For example, if I'm not mistaken, at Syracuse University where I attended, I believe it's a one and done for any drinking and driving offenses. That is usually the code of conduct. They have a student panel that determines whether you are, whether you can stay at the university or not. So if you get in trouble for anything from a drinking offense situation, that's not, we're not talking about underage. We're just talking about where you're literally uh, in a situation where you get pulled over and possibly arrested for being behind the wheel intoxicated or even having alcohol in your system. That's usually a, a one-off. You're done. Every school is different on that. And there are loopholes because of the athletic department that can get you around getting in trouble. Now, please listen to this. I'm not saying go and test the waters and do these things. I'm just telling you that usually there's a, a there are levels to what you can get away with. And it's very unfortunate, especially nowadays with players getting in trouble and doing certain things and still being rewarded. We'll talk about that another day as well. But code of conduct, there are different levels to it. Anything sexual harassment, sexual sexual assault, um, pretty much anything that will put a stain on the university, those are one-offs. We'll get to the second point, drug testing. Drug testing is afforded, and I actually know a lot about this, and I'll tell a quick story about that. It'll probably make you laugh. But when I was at Syracuse, I was a part of every single drug test from my freshman year all the way to my senior year. That's not normal. 
Random drug testing is obviously they find they'll look down the roster and they just say we'd like to see a sample from you know this athlete or that athlete. My junior year, I got really frustrated because there are usually three drug tests um, that occur. There are three drug testing periods during every school year. There's one in the fall. There is one uh, during the season, during whatever your athletic season is. And if your team qualifies for the NCAA tournament, they have one before as well. I got frustrated my junior year. I went to my trainer, who shall remain nameless, and I said, you know, I've been coming here for three years, and they tell me that these drug tests are random. Why in the world do y'all keep picking me? He said, Jovan, you're the only person that we trust will pass every single one. That's powerful from this perspective. It's not as random as you think. But with the decisions that you make off the field, obviously you might be at a party and somebody's passing some stuff around. You're a student athlete. You have to realize that there's a possibility that if you do not pass that drug test or you get into the system, that you're pretty much in it until you leave because they'll always be checking to make sure that you have a clear sample and that there's nothing in your system when you go onto the field or the court or whatever you're playing. I said all that to say is that when I told them from the beginning that I've never drank, I've never smoked, and that still remains uh that remains the case till this day. They knew from the beginning that I wouldn't be a bad drug test. Now, I was blessed to obviously have a great career as well. So being a great player, as well as being clean, obviously reflected very well on the university. And I understand that part of it. Few little basic rules of the drug testing. They will walk up to you, whoever your trainer is or whatever. They want a sample from you. They'll tell you, you know, Johnny or Susie, you have a drug test at 630 tomorrow morning. They don't care what else is going on in your life. If you do not show up for your drug test, it is a failed drug test. No questions asked. That's the end. Make sure you show up to your drug test. Drinking is one thing. I'm sorry, parents. I know you don't want to hear this. Most of the time when kids start getting out, especially from under your uh, household, they're going to experiment a little bit. That's not something that you can control. However, when we're talking about scholarship money, y'all better put this weed down and you better stop thinking about the smoking part. That's the easiest way from a non-conduct uh, detrimental to the team standpoint that's the easiest way for you to get off of a team so drug testing make sure you show up to all of them if you have one that comes or uh, comes across as positive you're in the system and you have x amount of time to get uh, i guess get it out of your system but you're still in the program okay they'll you'll still have to do uh frequent drug tests and let me tell you uh to all of you aspiring athletes ask your high school coaches what a drug test is like it is the most awkward 
Five minutes, I will not get into details on it. Ask them. And if you ever have any questions about it, I have email. And obviously, we can talk through that. But I'll move on. But do not fail drug tests. That's another easy way to get your behind off of a team. And that also includes other drugs, recreational drugs as well. Improper benefits. One of my favorite... Uh, I uh, love 30 for 30s on ESPN. My favorite one of all time is the Fab Five with the University of Michigan um, starting five freshmen for basketball because it was the first time that I learned about player exploitation from the NCAA's uh, point of view. Let's revert back to the code of conduct. Very important to read what you can and cannot do as a student athlete. I'll give you a very simple and unfair example of just how easy it is to get in trouble with the NCAA. You're playing your sport. Let's just say you're playing uh, basketball. Um, let's just say you're playing at a Division One school for basketball. You have your boosters. You have... Uh, you have deep pocket uh, alumni that are always putting money into the program. You're balling. You're a top recruit. You go in there. You're doing your thing. Now, this is besides the room and board that you have, um, that, that you've been provided. You can also get stipends. We'll talk about that on a later episode as well. But let's just stick to the basic, the basic example here. You're balling. You're you're averaging whatever good amount of points, rebounds, assists, whatever. You're you know you're LeBron and everything. Somebody approaches you after the game, and they say, "Hey, you know I'm Joe Schmo. I went here and who knows, 1999 graduated. You know, here's my number. If you ever want to get in contact, I'm around. So you look at that number. You call them. You guys meet up." You're sitting at the table and he asks you, he or she asks you, are you hungry? You say yes. You guys are at a nice restaurant. He or she pays for the meal. You guys have a great time not knowing that you have technically broken an NCAA rule. And that is taking something without actually, I'm not going to say earning is the wrong word. But you're taking something voluntarily and you have no and you're knowingly knowingly doing it. That's like me. I could buy a student athlete a candy bar, but because they didn't purchase it and I gave it to them freely, that is technically a NCAA violation. As petty and as small as that is, and un, as unfair as it is, that is why I tell you. Make sure to read the code of conduct that is a part of your uh, your letter of intent because in there is not just you saying, yay, I'm going to play whatever sport. You also have to understand the magnitude of what that contract entails. The NCAA is meticulous and that's how they get people in trouble. Now, there are a bajillion rules that are that go into it but it's more important to understand where you actually stand in all of it. I'm not saying that there are ways around it, 
it is unfair, and I call NCAA sports the four-year internship. But when you sign that letter of intent, you must know that is what you signed up for. So let's review the three things we've spoken about. So code of conduct, that's pretty much do not get in any sort of trouble because in your contract, the university is within their right and their athletic department is within their right to excuse your scholarship and dismiss you from the team. Drug testing, just don't do them. That's probably the easiest way to, don't even experiment with the drug part. I do understand you're going to drink. There's nothing I can do about that. I would also suggest probably not doing that because your body will never work at its optimum that way. But to each his own on that. And improper benefits. Make sure you know the ins and outs when it comes to what is legal and or illegal so that you're not in any trouble from a uh, from a school's perspective and you also don't want to put that the onus back on your coach because that all is geared back towards the coach coach will always get in trouble in some form of or excuse me you'll always get in trouble in some form or fashion it will go back on the coach because he's supposed to have he or she is supposed to have knowledge of it but remember what i said earlier in any situation regarding a student athlete in the university, the athletic department will always choose a university. I can give you a million examples of it, but like I said, the Fab Five is the one I used where these players were unbelievable on the on the basketball court. They were honestly they were putting the the University of Michigan on the map, and they were also technically. Uh, being used as a selling ploy for uh, memorabilia and they were not getting any sort of pay for it. My best piece of advice to you is to, with the Pell Grant, make sure you look at Pell Grants. And honestly, if you're going to take out loans, uh, especially if you're playing a sport that does not have full scholarship, (laughs) go way over what you need because that is how you keep money in your pocket. So, I don't know if this is going to help anybody. I'm really hoping that um, this information is helpful to some of you. I am always available. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My my handle is Jovi, J-O-V-I, Nation, N-A-T-I-O-N, 2-3, so Jovi Nation 23, uh, for both Twitter and Instagram. And my email, if you ever want to get in contact with me about any of these NCAA questions, is peaceofmind2327 at gmail.com. This is the latest episode of the Give It Context podcast. I just want to say a special thank you to anybody who chose to tune in. The next thing I'll say is, is as we continue to go further and further into some of these discussions, We'll obviously go into some other topics, but for this time, I just want to say a special thank you to everybody, and thank you for listening, and we're going to send you out with some more Travis.